I hear we all have some good vibes this episode. Um, you're it's hoping the that's the, the case. Uh, this episode being episode 54. Uh, this is Corporate Lunch, episode 54. I'm Noah with uh, Sam and Rachel. Good morning. As, hey. as we do. Uh, Sam's calling the shots today. and um, Dr. Hine. Yeah, this is the GQ Style Podcast. We've uh, grifted our way into another hour of studio time, another hour of your life. I think at this point, it's common knowledge that we are all grifters in our own right. We all exist on some some spectrum of, of the grift. Um, and I think the reason we love grifters is because we all, we know that at heart, we're all, we're all grifters. Uh, you know, we're grifting here. We're grifting the earth, mother earth. We've grifted our parents. We grift each other. We grift ourselves. And, uh, one of the great grifters, probably one of the most captivating grifters, uh, is she a grifter? What? Is, yeah. She's a con she's artist. A she's a, a scammer. Yeah. Anna Delvey, uh, AKA Anna Sorokin which is her birth name, I suppose, is in court this week. Uh, uh, let's just get straight to it. She's in court, and she, she, she saved the good fits for court, despite the fact that she was living living the... Uh, Riker's dream. The, <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, Rachel, Rachel did some journalism and got the scoop here uh, for GQ.com. And um, Rachel, what's going on? So, okay, Anna Delvey is someone who I've actually been obsessed with since 2017 when the New York Post started reporting on her. That was the first outlet to before the big mm -hmm. New York mag story. Mm -hmm. uh, she was arrested in October 2017. Did you ever like hear about her or no, you know, see I, her I at didn't. parties or whatever? I ended up asking friends of mine like when the New York mag story came out which was um, in I think May or June of last year. I asked a couple of my friends in the art world if they knew her, and they did. Um, but I was surprised that she, I mean, I guess she didn't have enough time to, like, truly make the rounds. But she was also making the rounds in, like, quite an elite yeah. kind of straight to the people. top. Yeah, yeah straight She to was the just top. here for a couple of years. It's really a good yeah. lesson for, for any of those uh, corporate lunch listeners who don't currently live in New York and don't currently have a fabulous lifestyle like us. You can just come here and fake it. Um, and get pretty far. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Well, I think, people. and I think that's part of, and we can get to this <clears throat> later. But I think part of what is so interesting about Anna Delvey is that she is just kind of doing a more extreme version of what everybody. Does. She's just like some Russian peasant, <laughs> <laughs> like me. <laughs> um, so um, I had written this story like when the New York Magazine story came out. You know, I was sort of what I found interesting about. Wait, what did the people that you knew that knew her before this what did they say about her anything interesting or just like just that they they had no reason to believe that she was scamming anyone in oh, any oh really way. yeah but you know there are, i i personally know a lot of people who are quite wealthy who are always telling me that like they're starting something they're writing a book you know they're going to open this private club they're going to open this gallery they're yeah. i had a, i actually dated a true grifter who like Amazing. told me that he was like we selling have him on the show yeah he told me that he was like selling paintings that like he had never been in his possession and in fact we went to the apartment of someone who had bought this guy had bought a penthouse in the puck building which is where jared jared and ivanka own that building and lived there for a while and we went to this penthouse and he like showed me these paintings the person wasn't there i have no idea how he had a key to get in he showed me these paintings that i later found out were sold to him by like another art advisor so <laughs> another master of the grift um so anna delvey seemed to have a pretty interesting like wardrobe when she was grifting you know she didn't look like like really luxe she wasn't yeah. wearing like she wasn't certainly wasn't dressing like in the way that like someone at vogue dresses wearing like cool sax pots coats uh -huh. and like dries van noten pants and that sort of thing yeah. so you know but she but actually i think that kind of helped her because looking kind of sloppy and like she didn't care about what her what she was wearing made her look even more rich it was, it was convincing like, yeah yeah so anyways um when she appeared in court on Wednesday. She looked a lot more polished than she ever had before, which is crazy because right. she is currently in jail at Rikers and is on trial for grand larceny and I think it's mail fraud or wire fraud. Anyways, um, 
so I got in touch with her lawyer who had spoken to the or the New York Post had quoted his opening statement. Right. Which involved a lot of Frank Sinatra lyrics. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, etc. And I thought this guy is amazing. Like what a classic New York character. So I just called up the law firm um, and I said, you know, I want to talk to this lawyer um, about what Anna Delvey is wearing because it seems like what she's wearing is pretty essential to the defense uh, that you're trying to mount. And he was like, okay, well, shoot, it was the paralegal. And he was like, shoot us an email. So I sent them an email kind of like, oh, maybe they'll write back, but like probably not because they're in trial. Yeah. And he, in fact, he wrote back a lot of interesting <laughs> things confirming, well, first of all, just volunteering the information that she's using a stylist, which is pretty it sounds really outrageous but actually for celebrities is not that unusual but then at the same time she's not really a celebrity right who i mean who has something uh who's got skin in the game here like i i occurred to me that like do you think a movie studio or something is paying for her stylist like at this point she's so high profile and so many people must be interested in her story does she have i'm sure it's coming out of her legal fees. yeah i think it's coming out of her legal fees but there are two separate anna delvey projects happening writers rooms right Right. one of whom is a i think one is a television show or something and the other is a movie shonda rhimes is producing one of them do you think Lindsay lohan will play anna i think that could be like the perfect comeback role for her she herself had a pretty like had a kind of court makeover in like 2007 remember she was like more streamlined like button up and she had a stylist style her for that yeah i think she may have just used her stylist then who i think was maybe she was already already employing a stylist so i i thought well this is crazy that she's using a stylist you know is and as i said it's not unprecedented to use a stylist but i sort of assumed that you know i didn't assume but i think you know oh is she using some kind of wardrobe consultant or something like that um and i um got a tip that there is this uh, this Instagram account that had like just launched called Anna Delvey courtroom looks. Right. It had like one follower when this person sent it to me. It wasn't even the person who sent it to me. There was just like one follower and then one person had liked the photograph. And the person who liked the photograph was this stylist named Anastasia Walker, who's worked a lot with Courtney Love um, mm-hmm. and with like T-Pain and G-Eazy. And uh, so it's I was a hell like, of a client. I was well like, dressed I have a lot of questions about that. Right. So I sort of thought, well, this must be her. So I emailed her and then I emailed the lawyer and I said, is it this person? And he told me I can't confirm for you yet. But then he replied a few minutes later and he said, OK, it's OK. I can share her name. Do we have any idea why Anna, why this stylist was hired? I do, but I can't tell you. So. Is it weird that this stylist works with both Courtney Love and G Easy? Is that I think it's weirder that the stylist works with Courtney Love and G Easy than Courtney Love and Anna Delvey. Like those two women <laughs> yeah, seem like I mean. perfect. Yeah. You know, like living in a hotel, <clears throat> like kind of being a little irresponsible, like seems perfectly in and line. What, to wasn't me. there something what did the lawyer say like make her look less like a con? Was wasn't there some directive or He said that um the way that she like her style was in like an intrinsic part of her life and her business and her interest in the arts. And he wants, you know, the jury to see that side of her. I, I did. I agree about yeah. my style is intrinsic to my interest in the arts as well. I did. I did um read that, you know, part of why he wanted the stylist is because he didn't want her just in a jumpsuit. And I have read like in working on this piece that juries do tend to convict or tend to be harder on someone who is wearing a jumpsuit. Yeah. So he's absolutely yeah. right in that regard. What if your jumpsuit is like, you know, Rachel Comey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, and, and, and she's that changing would be a into bad the, decision and they're bringing the clothes to the courtroom. Right. And she's changing sort of before going out because yes. you can't like if, if you, you basically need someone to bring you clothes if you're going to court and not wearing a jumpsuit, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't, necessarily use a stylist unless you're a right. celebrity or something right yeah. yeah i never yeah i guess anyone who's going to trial uh and you're in jail you would like i i don't know if it was me typically like my my uh 
someone, <laughs> some family member would like bring me a suit to change, just like a suit out of my closet right. to change into before I went up there. I like that they um, didn't let her wear stilettos because they were uh, a, a security risk or something, but they did let her wear a choker. Right. Well, I don't know who's I don't know who's don't making know these who's decisions at, at the Department of Corrections or whatever. But well, what's interesting? It's, interesting it's kind of heartwarming. A with stiletto the choker. seems inherently more dangerous than a choker, which is just like a little strap of fabric. Sure. Yeah. But the, well, the choker's sort of heartwarming because she had that in past Instagram photos. Oh, Anna no. Delvey, like, it's a thing that belongs to her. <laughs> she was like, I need my choker. I need my choker back. And, like, you kind of wonder, like, I presume it was, like, brought to her and she's reunited with the choker. The choker, choker is more dangerous stylistically. It yeah. was it was reported before that her one of the hotel rooms that she was, like, essentially squatting in, like, in some luxury hotel uh, was, like, strewn with supreme and rick owens bags yeah she loved supreme and rick owens what a combo yeah i mean one of the glorious things about this is like uh, maybe i'm reaching here but you know you you see people in the style and fashion worlds and you kind of think to yourself who what who is where did this person come from who is this person like there's just a sense that anyone could be a scammer or a grifter and there is a relationship to fashion, because fashion is how you, it's how you present yourself, it's how people you, see you, it's how people understand you, you like at a party. create impressions and, yeah. you know, opinions. You, exactly, and so I think we, you know, we're aware that what you wear has the ability to do that, and then, and then this incredible story of this person who just tricked everyone into thinking she's something she's not, partially through style, in a sense is now or style in terms of like not just what she's wearing but sort of how she acted and like how she moved and, and who she hung out with and then now in court continues to have to employ the same tactics to try right. to get herself out of and she what also, is she looking at is she looking at a lot of jail time 15 years um but i think she'll also be deported damn and what are some of the brands that she's wearing um, classic stuff like Miu Miu, Michael Kors, Yves Saint Laurent, Victoria Beckham, like very um, kind of like what a political, a very rich political wife would wear. I, th- I want to throw shade real quick at someone who like inserted some negativity into Rachel's great Twitter moment. Um, and she said something to the effect of like, she said treating Anna Delvey's trial like a society event is fucking gross. Um, and I completely disagree. <laughs> And I think. Well, I mean, I how like, should we be t- treating it? Right. I, like, like I, I think, like, if it were a different criminal case or something, course. like, I totally, you know, like, yeah, I agree with that. But, um, I mean, who are the victims of this crime? She, like, was a, massive banks and luxury did, hotels, yeah, she ripped and, off, and a like, handful of her friends, I suppose. Which mm-hmm. that sucks. But I mean, come on, yeah, you must have known. But the people who really lost money were like the banks that made her, that gave her all these massive loans for her. Like, uh, it wasn't that much money? Two hundred seventy-five thousand right. dollars. What's that to a large financial and it's like if we can't if we can't sort of like all like have this collective moment of of you know like witnessing this bizarre classic scammer new classic new york tale. classic new york tale then like what are we allowed to have right i just don't know how else you treat it well i think what's interesting about like anna delvey and and especially as it comes in proximity to all these other scams is like people are really like re do you, you guys hear, hear like yeah, talking? like like ghosts in the room? <laughs> like I think people Victorian in the kitchen is just echoing in here. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So what's interesting about Anna Delvey coming, especially coming in proximity to these other sorts of scammers like Elizabeth Holmes or Fire Festival? Oh yeah. Is that you really see people like establish? You know, there's this sense that um, one thing that I think why we're interested, one of the reasons why we're interested in scammers is that there is this just general understanding that everything is unjust and it's practically impossible to um to do anything fairly you know if you operate fairly you're gonna get screwed over and i think every person in america feels that way and so you know you see all of these people gaming the system and cheating and scamming grifting um and there's not like an across the board a sense that like this is all horrible because again there's this understanding that like well we all scam in a yeah, certain yeah. way and like a scammer is for us. You got to get it somehow. Yeah, and like some of the scammers, you know, people are like horrible person, bad 
scammer. For sure. But then there are other people who we feel like I identify with that scam. And when we identify with the scam is when they're defrauding someone who we feel like is perpetrating the injustice, like a large bank. I mean, I also think there's a sense that every success starts out as a scam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know the the myth the le- the legend behind it won't be that it was a scam because once you make it you know you fake it till you make it and then you make it and then you pretend that you were never faking it right you were a genius all along or it was all there for you all along but you know who knows how close Anna was or, you know how close Elizabeth Holmes was to uh, uh, cracking open the thing that you know to the mm-hmm. to getting the investment that either of them needed to push them push the project over the edge for it to be a success it could have been right on the verge. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know who, who, you know, the scammy, the scamming part of the, the origin story of of anything can just be left out, and you can just get straight to the successful part. Right. Does well, that- I, uh, yeah, and I think the way that like <clears throat> Elizabeth Holmes could kind of turn things around for herself, although it seems like she's kind of happy being out of the spotlight. Is with but a if, stylist. If she, if she were to <laughs> employ a stylist, one, stop wearing turtlenecks and wear chokers. Two and three. If she were to sort of shift the narrative around her, uh, you know, scandal to say like, you know, what's really wrong is that investor or like young inventors or like innovators in Silicon Valley um, know that the people who are in charge of our country, like the power brokers of our country are just like old scammy white men who only will give someone money if they want to sleep with them. In conclusion, free Anna. Uh, So the other fascinating thing about this story, and and, uh, this is Corporate Lunch, a customer service fashion podcast brought to you by GQ Style, episode 54, is uh, kind of just like the the reach and and, uh, power or influence that stylists have and like how they touch parts of parts of the world and, and, and events and happenings in ways that aren't, you know, it's not all just red carpet or whatever. And, uh, or, and it's also not just celebrity and, and, um, this relates to two other, uh, big stories that recently came out. One is Nomi Fry's New Yorker piece on, um, Carla Welch, who is, um, a, I don't know, celeb Hollywood super stylist of mm-hmm. sorts. She's Justin Bieber style. So she's uh um today we'll talk about her relationship to the scumbro phenomenon. And then Heidi Bivens, Rachel profiled Heidi Bivens for GQ, and Heidi is the uh costume designer for Beach Bum, the new Harmony Cranny movie. What do you say costume designer? What is her job? Costume designer. And is she also a celebrity stylist or is she more of a wardrobe costume wardrobe and costume so it's not the same as celebrity stylist it's sort of worth Mm -hmm. worth noting the difference but beach bum just came out i haven't seen it yet um but that's not the point in beach bum it feels like we've all seen it i know well yeah rachel did a good job in the rachel's story sort of really like breaks this down so um god i'm just thinking about mcconaughey's uggs that's really all i can think about they're great, but um, anyway, tell us tell us about who who's Heidi Bivens and what, like, why is the story of what she's doing so compelling and not just sort of a typical, you know, movie wardrobe person. So Heidi Bivens is like, kind of, uh, she's a Gen X uh, sort of New York person who was hanging out in like Harmony Kareen's circle for a lot of the 90s and was like really kind of adjacent to like the skateboarding like downtown skateboarding scene um and she eventually like in the early two or i guess like the mid 2000s like around 2010 or something like just really wanted to work with harmony kareen and so her agent set up a meeting with him and then they decided to work together on spring breakers right um and then they became kind of like collaborators and pals and so for the, and she also did mid 90s which has been like a pretty i think like influential menswear movie in terms of like revitalizing these like 90s brands and like these big baggy jean silhouettes and jonah said that he like hired her like two years before the yeah movie. like before he'd finished he'd written the script he right. hired her he already knew that she right. was the one your story does a great job i think of uh 
making clear how important this role is. I think it's something, especially for movies like mid-90s or Spring Breakers, like obviously the, the wardrobe just has to be like, you have to totally nail it. Right. I mean, you can completely blow it if something is off or unconvincing, right? right? Well, it was really um, interesting when she was doing mid-90s, like, you know, she said, like, some people were just like, oh, these are, like, jeans and T-shirts, but then other people were like, whoa, like, you yeah. reprinted, like, blanks with, like, chocolate skateboard logos Old and logos. that sort of things. Yeah. yeah. Didn't she um, have to FaceTime Spike Jones at one point to make sure that the mm-hmm. fit of the baggy pants was, like, totally, totally on point? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could bring in, I mean, there's a million different types of baggy, you know, like the the Jenko thing, mm-hmm. that's not, Jenkos weren't not skate jeans, you know, like that's not the same as like blind jeans or what, you know, whatever. The slap boards. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't mention the slap boards <laughs> on here. Uh, and don't get me started on, on jean fits. But so, so the Beach Bum started filming in November of 2017. So like quite a while ago, yeah. and I in a certain way I feel like I've already as Sam said, let's like you've already seen the movie, because like all of these like crazy paparazzi images yeah. would come out of like okay like now Matthew McConaughey is like in Uggs riding a Segway eating a lobster Just not wearing a shirt totally but wearing a insane bib. yeah and like now Snoop Dogg is like wearing a Snoop Dogg robe the- and like driving an you know cool classic car the mcconaughey ones are especially good well for one you don't know what the movie is it just comes with no context right like right. you get no plot synapses there's no right. trailer has been rolled out you just get this first uh which i wonder how much harmony and i wonder how much they intended or like allowed a little bit of leaking of the images mm-hmm. um who knows but the uh, the funny thing about uh mcconaughey is also like he was he's been paparazzi on beaches for years mm-hmm. i mean remember when he was always jogging like in venice yeah, or wherever yeah. with his shirt off and like it it was like kind of somehow consistent with this like this like canon of mcconaughey yeah like, paparazzi photography that's like already been that we're already all sort of familiar with and then it was just like suddenly he's in like you know a guy fieri outfit uh, yeah, on a Segway, eating a lobster. Yeah, and I think there was there was something probably a, a little bit intentional in in um, sort of letting these photos get out there because as as Harmony as you say in the intro to the piece, Harmony um, and Be- and Bivens decided not to use um, a Jeremy Scott a collaboration in the movie because Harmony said, you know, whatever we put in the movie is going to end up becoming fashion, so we can't use any fashion that already mm-hmm. exists. I mean, pretty pretty damn true and I, I i didn't really think of it in those terms until i was reading this and i was like wait a minute 2017 i was like doing the math going back and i was like wait where were we like two years ago with you know flames on shirts mm-hmm. and then i was like oh yeah mm-hmm. they were right yeah but i mean some of it's like the zeitgeist right some of it's like once something is in the air it comes from all these different places, you know, mm-hmm. like at once. It's not it's not like uh, Prada. I think this is pointed out that it's not like Prada saw these photos and then started designing collections based on what they were seeing. Right. Right. Um, similarly, in uh, Nomi's piece on uh, Carla Welch, who Carla is a celebrity stylist. She's worked with Bieber for a long time, and she seems to have a unique ability to transform people or redirect their careers mm-hmm. through clothes. Um, and Nomi's piece actually had some interesting stuff about, about what, like what we were talking about on, uh, last episode about, um, 90 style and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so she kind of like, it's interesting to, I think everyone should go read the story and think about it and then go back and listen to episode 53, like 10 more times. Uh, but so Bieber has been employing Carla since, I don't know, 2011. Is that what it said for many years? But of course, we all know that there was a real uh, transitional moment when when she decided to take him full Hunter S. Thompson, mm-hmm. and which was like a year ish ago. Yeah, like and, I think he st- he was wearing like cool skateboarding clothing and then kind of like going in the, that direction. But then I think it was a, a little over a year ago that it just like snapped yeah. and he started just wearing really crazy stuff. Sorry, and, go ahead. Well, I, what's your sense? What's your guys' sense of like? I mean, how does that go down? Like Bieber is someone who hasn't really lived any kind, any version of like a real normal life. You know, like all of us, he, he obviously, he's like, 
he plays soccer and he skateboards and he's kind of like this dude. But I mean, most of us are into the clothes we're into through like a sequence of like life events, like where you went to school and, and what you did in school and who you hung out with and then jobs you've had and all this other stuff. And he's just, he's just Bieber in a bubble. Like how the hell is he supposed to know how to dress? Mm-hmm. Is that is that Carla's role or like what what is her role or like how do you think they do this? Do we does anyone know? Well, is it a secret? That's what I thought was interesting about um, about Nomi's piece was was the the sort of thesis is that Carla Welch helps celebrities dress like themselves, right? But Bieber hasn't like how do you know how do you know what like Justin Bieber is supposed to dress like if he's being dressed sort of by other people so been famous since he was like 13 or whatever like, i guess what is you like, know it when you see it because when he started dressing this way a year ago we were all like oh yeah that's Bieber. yeah <laughs> that's I'm, the real one i mean the fit i think the fit um <laughs> where he's I wearing was. where he's wearing like vans dickies with the fly like zipped down for some reason Do you think she and like a silky <laughs> and keep a your silky, fly at half mast um, all the time <laughs> And like that silky blue kind of like uh, Hawaiian shirt or whatever mm-hmm, that's yeah. like buttoned down to his, you know, like almost his navel. Mm-hmm. Um, like that was, I think that was the moment and he has like sort of a dirty stash. That seemed to be the moment when it was like, all right, we're going to do like a little life change um, makeover thing. But what's more, you know, celebrity styling and, and also movie wardrobe isn't always that interesting to me because I always think of it as responding to what's out in the world already. Like I think of it as being a little bit a step at least a step behind because mm-hmm. um, they're sort of creating these realities that are meant to reflect something that's going on. They're not necessarily, it doesn't seem they're trying to predict something. Right. Not to, like to, the runway. To be there when it's happening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're, it's a, it's the, they're inherently a step behind the designers or brands and, and in some cases editors and writers. But these instances are people who are seem, who seem to have, because of the nature of the projects, whether it's Bieber or, the movie beach bum are kind of like free from that burden and then looking ahead and have actually done something to create they're they're like predicting right right does that seem right yeah i mean i think like both these cases i don't i don't yeah i mean people do dress like these that bieber as hunter s thompson that's like a real thing well and i think part of it with bieber too and like you know obviously we don't know precisely their process like does she tell him to unzip his fly like does she mail him a big box of clothes and he throws it together or whatever but like you can see that like Justin Bieber doesn't really have I think he's a person who's under a lot of stress like you can really see that from you know there are constantly these paparazzi yeah these like paparazzi (laughs) photos like head in his hands like crying like wandering around a park in New Jersey right right he's emotional and you can kind of see how the clothing would be like a fun release for him, you know, because it's uh, like yeah. when you don't have anything to do and you're like a creative person who primarily makes music, but you aren't really in a position where you can make music, like either because like you're not feeling that great or right. like because you just don't have like the, you know, theoretical resources to like do it or you like feel like you're not in a place where you can do it, like you have to have some kind of outlet and you right. can't just drive your Lamborghini around Beverly Hills and like feel better. Like probably- Already tried it, doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like putting Even if you on, spray paint the side of it. Putting on like a crazy outfit is like a great kind of release. That's a really good point. That's and, why we do it every morning. And yeah. you know, I think if she was like, all right, Justin, here's the look. You're a grown up now. You're going to wear the row and you're going to wear like Margiela and you're going to wear- what else do grown-ups wear? Dries. Dries. When you maybe when you're feeling fun. Mm-hmm. Uh like th- again, maybe because of his stress level or whatever, but that would have been probably wouldn't have been great for his mental health maybe. Yeah. I mean, the like, row doesn't <laughs> The row makes you feel I don't know what the row makes you feel like cuz I've never put it on cuz um it's it's uh above my level of difficulty, but it probably isn't it's not the thing you wear when you need to feel buoyant and fun and free and and released from uh the burdens of society yeah i mean for some people that could that kind of clothing could make you feel like you're trying to be someone you're not yeah which is probably the opposite of what beaver needs this is a little bit of beaver psychoanalysis via yeah. fashion i saw it justin shopping once in soho at the acne studio store what happened? Um, it was sort of funny because the uh, I was trying to get a size of pants to try on, 
and the person who was helping me was like acting really weird and I was like are you are you okay like you seem sort of nervous and like she was like kept looking around and stuff and I sort of turned around and like I hadn't noticed Bieber because he's like he's he's quite short and he had like basically a shaved head and he looked like quite short is he He's shorter than I expected. Um, You're tall. Everyone says about celebrities, but yeah. he, um, you know, he looked just like a teenage boy who was like being moody and like, you know, he was just on his phone. Like he wasn't like looking, he wasn't browsing or, or looking um, at anything. My, my main takeaway was that he was pretty disinterested in the entire uh, endeavor. Yeah. It's hard to imagine being, uh, being able to buy anything you want and then wandering around Soho and going to all these cool stores and not being like outwardly mm-hmm. enthusiastic about it. Right. He was, it was no Jonah Hill and Marnie. No. <laughs> um, all right. What else do we want to say about, sorry, I feel I maybe have derailed some interesting things to say about both Heidi and Carla, but I wanted to tie them together. I think, yeah, celebrity stylists have always, I, I just have like a very like basic like sense of what it is they do, which is like dress celebrities for events based on like relationships with brands and designers that are going to be like equally beneficial to all parties. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, now I don't know if it's, it's new. It's probably a somewhat new phenomenon to have these, this level of like attention to it being like a cultural moment and to it being really personal. Yeah, it is an interesting shift to personal style because um, the celebrity stylist or even like the kind of co- powerful costume designer has been a you know a figure for the past like six or seven years. But uh, primarily that role, like that sort of role became powerful because this was a person who was negotiating major business deals. Yeah. So it was like this person who could sort of say like, okay, like I have Margot Robbie how do I, and like Kate Young works with her. So Kate Young is saying like, I have Margot Robbie, uh, let's get her in Chanel. And how do I get Chanel who doesn't dress a lot of celebrities to dress Margot Robbie? And that will really raise her profile. Right. Um, Especially as she's like, you know, she's in um, the new Tarantino movie with uh, Brad and Leo (coughs) and is like kind of gunning for an Oscar so like that and that was primarily what made that figure so powerful was that you could be the go-between that negotiated these huge deals right. for these actors um, but these I think these two women are so interesting because they're not necessarily like interested in negotiating deals or like making deals they're much more like pulling out a kind of sense of like personal style right mm-hmm and making that into like a culturally palpable moment. It's more and of like a 360 degree, like full sort of relationship rather than just like, oh, I need to hire someone because I have like an Oscar campaign coming up and mm-hmm. I need to like look like I'm going to win an Oscar. But they're also like these mystics who have like a unique ability to see and understand and feel like for the client. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, one of the things that really um, impresses me about Carla is that she is able to, um, and Nomi sort of discusses this in her piece, is that she's able to make every single one of her extremely famous clients feel like they're her only client. Yeah. Right. Right. Like she is sort of like at their on, beck and call. She's at their beck and call, like, uh, you know, work, like pinning a dress and also FaceTiming with Elizabeth Moss or something, mm-hmm. you know, and like it seemed like really stressful. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah. I think there's sort of this like romantic idea of, of, a stylist um and the reality is that um you're probably being bothered by your very like demanding uh celebrity clients at yeah. pretty much all hours uh, yeah it was funny when like sarah paulson called her and was like ah like what earrings should i wear and i just think of sarah paulson as being like such a like hot like untouchable genius who's like probably always like talking about painting and like cool books but she's like just as concerned about the right earring as the rest of us Mm -hmm. it's great yeah everybody needs somebody to ask and uh asking someone for wardrobe help can be really you know you're really making yourself vulnerable Mm -hmm. dm noah uh if you need to know what (laughs) pants to wear tomorrow send me your fit pics um rate them (laughs) post them on the subreddit (laughs) And I'll upvote them. <laughs> Is that how Reddit works? Hey, let's just do 13 vibes now. 13. This is the not so fast lightning round where Sam, Noah, and Rachel give you vibes. Um, Rachel, why don't you start? 
Castle Editions. So Castle mm-hmm. <laughs> Castle Editions, which is spelled with a K, um, is a coat manufacturer mm. based in Europe cool thing that makes me. one style of coat in like three different versions every season. And I love this idea because I like I like brands that just make one thing. I think yeah. that's so refreshing. Definitely. When there's like this stress of like putting out, you know, four collections a year with like 18 new ideas. Yeah. The idea that you can just create one perfect thing and like endlessly tweak it is great. And it's a very simple coat that is like bonded um cotton. Sometimes it's like patent leather. Um and it comes with or you buy like a rope belt to cinch it and i just think it's like a perfect it kind of looks like a raincoat kind of looks like a simplified trench coat very is it fashion or function it's both incredible um i'm not gonna say anything more about that sam what's the vibe um my vibe is um isimiyaki home please say pleats pleats please um, Thank you. Pleats Please has been around for a long time. Um, people, celebrities whose style we like have been um, wearing it recently. It feels like there's been sort of a resurgence of interest in Home Please Say. And um, I know everyone's going to start wearing shorts um, soon, or maybe they already are if you are listening from Los Angeles. Or Hawaii. Um, or Hawaii. Um, Pleats Please has or some really, really great shorts um, that you can buy right now. They have them at Essence and Trebian. Um, and they're sort of like, they're kind of long. They're, they're sort of hitting around the, around the knee, which I know Noah's, Noah's into that yeah. um, for this summer. I'm yeah. sort of a more of like a five-inch inseam guy, but I think I'm going to give these a try. You look good. Um, and and they're, they're like mesh. They're basically like mesh shorts, like mesh gym shorts or whatever, but with the sort of signature pleating um, technique. I back, I back it. Uh, Issey Miyake is amazing in all, all forms. My vibe is Amiakalva is a bag brand from Osaka. Amiakalva. And uh, it's this dude in Japan. Um, I'm not... Did we? Oh, we talked about bags. We did a bag episode. Mm-hmm. Did I mention Amiakalva? No, no. I don't think so. I saved it. I tricked everyone. Grifted again. Uh, Amiakalva. I'm not... How do you spell that for people A-M-I. who are trying to open a tab right now? Amiakalva. A-M-I-A-C... A L V A, I think it means fish. He makes like uh, kind of oversized, sturdy canvas bags, and then some sort of techie bags. And uh, people always want to know what kind of bags to get. And my answer from now on is just Amiakalva. They're they're around. You can buy them around the world. You don't have to go to Osaka to get them, but I recommend you do. I think he's got a little shop there. I met him last time I was out there. Super nice guy. So whatever. Don't tell. Don't don't ever say I never uh, told you nothing about what bags to buy Rachel are you busy right now or do you want to no. tell, tell us a vibe no uh, Alexandra Soifer umbrellas wow fancy umbrella sounds fancy really fancy umbrella raincoats umbrellas do not leave in Uber do not leave in Uber <laughs> absolutely do not leave in Uber so um, these are Parisian umbrellas that are made by this woman whose family Rains a lot has in Paris, made, huh? yeah, her family has made umbrellas since the 20s. And she has this beautiful shop on the left bank where she sells these umbrellas that begin at 895 euros. And they are absolutely gorgeous umbrellas. Some of them are made to just like be like parasols that you walk around with, but most of them are waterproof. And they're just beautiful. I mean, like you could, like they're, they're like they're not too gothic because you know, like a, in a stylish umbrella can be like kind of goth. Yeah. But they're not fussy at all. They're just like beautifully, like they're a perfect mechanical object. I bet they have really nice action, like on the they have really nice up action. Yeah, it's like driving a beautiful stick shift car. Yeah. Um, it has five speeds. Yeah, it has five speeds. Maybe six. And you can also custom get it umbrella custom made. Oh, you there. better be able to. Yeah, Sam. Dual vibe. Um, ASAP Nast's Converse collaboration. Oh, yeah. And his Instagram stories. Yeah. Both things are Absolutely. great. Um, I'm wearing the Jack Purcells now that he. Uh, I think they dropped last week. Sam and I got the um, exact same. Noah pair. also has them in 
what, what's the color? Like lime green, sort of yeah, like a I faded, so. dusty green. It's a mid-top Jack Purcell yeah. with a heavy rubber wrap all the way around the lower part of the shoe. Are you going to skate in them? What's your no. What's your take uh-uh. on the skateability of these things? I'm going to skate in them, I think. They look... It seems like the this like rubber reinforcement would be for skating, but I I mean I'm not going to skate in them, and I don't think it is. But yeah. they but seem like good for kind of like wet days. And Nast is great because he um, is you know theoretically a musician who's only but he's only released like one song um, on an ASAP Mob album. He's a good rapper, um, but he's sort of clearly like more interested, I think, in uh, basically working in the fashion space, and I respect that. Um, he loves Lacoste, and he loves Lacoste. He has great style. So, it's always so confused me. His Instagram is great because he posts dope fit pics, and um, he dope had a picks. great. Um, and he floods the feed. He floods the feed. It's a lot. He floods like the 20 zone. Stories at a time. He loves Burberry as well. What are some? He he loves like Doc Martens. He's really into like. He dresses sort of heritage like an brand. English. What do you like? A one of the English style guys. He sort of dresses like Blondie McCoy. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. In this funny way. Yeah. Um, like Blondie probably sort of dresses like him. And. Um, I was going to explain this stupid Jamba Juice story that he posted the other day. Oh, my God. It's like let's so, not. It's such a long let's story. Not. So. But hopefully, the kicker, uh, the hopefully kicker is that he gets upset that a woman told him that he hopes he gets – she hopes that he gets more into fashion. And he's totally offended by this. Because he's, he's wearing a pearl and diamond ring. Right. And his comeback is like, this ring is pearl with diamonds all around it. As if, like, that's how you know yeah. from the ring. Anyway. Pearl rings are pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. The the shoes, the sneaks are uh, still available. Not a mm. sellout. Mm. Um, I think they made a lot of them. So, hundred bucks. Um, I'm gonna keep it. We're just. This is like a all brands vibes. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with the eyewear producer Jacques Marie Maj. Wow. Is that how wow. you say it? Yeah. Nailed it, huh? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, Jacques Marie Maj makes like. What, it's a Los Angeles-based kind of lu- super luxury eyewear brand. They, they make all their stuff in Japan, I think. So they're 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 actually pretty nice, but they're like outrageous designs, like oversized, crazy metals, crazy shapes, sort of like baroque details. I wish I had more language to, they to tell you. They almost look like uh, like goggles. Like some of them yeah. kind of look like they're like protective eyewear. Yeah. And then but in a really cool some way. of them look kind of like vintage like Versace or Cartier kind mm-hmm. of, right? A very um Michael Caine vibe. Yeah. Um <laughs> their website is just amazing cuz it's just like full of language like rare and collect- collectible spectacles that combine historical motifs with precious materials, innovation produ- innovative production methods and ethical business practices. Which they of, have it all. Of course, <laughs> like I every, love <laughs> limited edition designer goods that specialize in the micro production of artisanal eyewear. I mean, uh, the language around it is spectacular, and the 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 designs are just wild. I mean, there's plenty of of toned down stuff um, as well, but it, they're they're super nice. I mean, like I back it. I'm a Sun Buddies guy, as I've said before, but I think when I'm ready to go to the next level, it would be. Although Balenciaga has some new sunglasses that I think are freaking awesome jacques marie maj rachel caspari napkins wow so caspari is a paper goods manufacturer that is based in charlottesville virginia and they make really incredible napkins and paper plates wow and they're disposable they're disposable but they look like the the best ones that they make are modeled after porcelain plates that are actually in like the um Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. And they really do look like porcelain plates. I mean, how cool is that to like eat pizza off like <laughs> a paper plate that looks like a piece of porcelain? In the park? Yeah. Um, wow, that's a great one. As someone who has uh, at times been tasked with uh, locating s- materials like that for uh, parties and events, maybe like a child's birthday. Mm-hmm. It can be hard. There's a lot of, you're like, there's yeah. a lot of junk out there. A lot of it is really ugly. And then ugly, and then you feel bad yeah. about the environment. Mm-hmm. I would have a hard time maybe spending a lot of money on. It's not expensive. Oh. But yeah. <laughs> Sam. My vibe is uh, the return of Lil Uzi. Um, he just put out an album? He just put out a song. Did he text you and tell Free you? Uzi. Oh, a song. It's not like 
I'm not going to say it's like a great song because it's not, but it's exciting that he's back um, because he had, critic, he had announced. Sam Hine production. Uh, yeah, he announced that he was. Um, How do you rate it music. on a scale of zero to five stars? I'm not here to, you know, put any uh, number you're, on You're things. punting. It's a piece of art. You know, you have to appreciate it on your own terms. Okay, so he, he announced that he was retiring from music, um, and I didn't really believe it, but I guess he was in some, like, really horrible record deal that he couldn't get out of, and I guess uh, Jay-Z rescued him or something, and oh, he really? signed to Rock Nation, maybe? That's cool. I don't know. Um, I don't follow this news, but that seems great. And, uh, you know, he's just one of, like, the most exciting, craziest uh, dressers in, I think, all of music. We need more um, Uzi fit pics, though. Yeah, we so, do. We just get these, like, snippets, and he posts, like, yeah, arty he, photos. He wiped his Instagram, which sucks, because oh, really? if you yes. go back, he had some, like, We need really, him really to follow shit. the ASAP NAST model of just Instagram. Post, post the yeah. fits. He's the only young, the, the only feed. young rapper Flood I want to see feed. dressing. Yeah. Sam has a p- close personal relationship with Uzi. Yeah, we we hung out for about thirty seconds. You flew to Texas to Houston. meet him. Yeah. Hang out with him. In yeah, seconds. it was great. Hung out for thirty seconds. That's a long time. Yeah. Valuable time, man. Time is money. A little yeah. Uzi, Uzi, a little Uzi didn't have time to hang out with Sam Hine Productions and talk about fits. We talked about the drip. It was great. He's got he's got fits to get off. Uh, the next vibe for you vibe heads out there is the new Ball and Cone book. Out, out on Ratstar yes. Press. Um, uh, I'm not going to divulge all the information, but I guess full disclosure, I have a, let's say, a familiar familial connection to the maker of the Ball and Cone book, but it's a book of metaphysical comics. Um, it's a really nice book. Ratstar Press is a, is a super cool, tiny indie um, book publisher uh, that does awesome stuff and the new ball and cone book is out and I think you can just get it everywhere, but you can go on ball and cones, Instagram or rat rat stars, Instagram to figure out how to get it. I think you might be able to get just ball and cone on, on Amazon actually, but go to a, your local independent bookseller and demand, demand that they give it to you. And the handle is what it's at ball underscore and underscore cone. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Smash that follow button. RST. Peter Reed Linens. You're just hitting us with all the nice home stuff. You know what I've been thinking about is um, I love stuff that is literally used by the British royal family. It's very important to me. No better cosign. And I was thinking to myself, like, who makes their bed linens? And that's who it is? That's who it is. And, you know, I... People are, I don't like these like disruptive brands. There's a P- lot disruptive of startup, brands disruptive brands are really startups. like coming for the domestic they're space. They're disrupting my personal taste. It, totally. In a bad way. Totally. And they're like thinking about us in this like, they're thinking about people in this like, oh, everyone's having like such a hard time and they just want like a simple, cheap solution. Yeah. You should never go for the simple, <laughs> cheap solution. You should find like the <laughs> elegant solution that brings you pleasure. That takes like twelve weeks to get. You have to special order. You don't even probably. have to. You don't even have to special order. You can just buy these sheets online. I think if you were to get a full set, it would probably be like twelve hundred dollars. Well, you get one at a time each year. Yeah. I wonder how long they last. Uh, probably a long time. I bet the queen is sleeping on the same set <laughs> that she slept on when she became the queen following World War Two. One hundred eighty years ago. Um, man, I love a good linens recommendation. It is, it is daunting how expensive quality linens can be. So then people go back to like the linen startups that you see ads for on the subways, Yeah, which I've gotten before. And I tell you, it's disappointing. Yeah. You don't want like, it's the problem with subway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The problem with those sheets is that I think they're like, they're crispy. Do you know what I mean? And like, you don't want that against your skin. I kind of like crispy. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, they break in a little bit. I like the company store made in the USA. I like the company store too. The company store is really nice. They make great sheets. Sam, what kind of sheets do you use? Just kidding. Don't tell us. Give us a vibe. (laughs) Um, It's actually another thing that Rachel wrote um, this week. And it's a theory vibe, uh, a theory-based vibe. I hope all style writers uh, in America are mad at Rachel right now for writing all the good stories. And she I'm, got them all. She she caught them all this week. Um, and the theory is that everything in fashion is either giant or tiny. Oh, that's right. Um, and I mean, it's like you just have to go read it. It's it's extremely true. Um, and uh, we could do a whole ep on it. Maybe we, we will. We'll, we'll talk. This will come up more um, in future episodes um, for sure. This but. is the new theme of the podcast. This is the Giant or Tiny podcast. Corporate Lunch, the customer service fashion podcast in which we discuss what's giant, what's tiny, and why it matters. I was. I had a question that maybe I'll just bring up now is, does, 
does it feel like one has to choose? It's not about choosing, but you're not either a tiny person or a giant person, right? You, it, you could do both, and you do them both right. simultaneously. Right. Like you could. There will definitely be women, and and definitely some men too. Like in June, at the the next round of like big fashion weeks, who yeah. are wearing Balenciaga triple S's and carrying the Jacquemus bag right. and wearing like a big sloppy shirt, huge right. shoes. Like doesn't someone that sound, is, that sounds like yeah. an amazing tiny outfit? Tiny bag. Someone like someone yeah, like we Mark, just gave somebody an outfit. Yeah. Someone like Mark Jacobs has has definitely like committed to the giant lifestyle mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. that's not to say that he can't also swerve and, and wear he's something done very tiny because he's he sometimes wears uh he women's wears, chanel jackets yeah he wears very slim tops doesn't he tops and i think one way one way that this <laughs> that the giant or tiny um dichotomy is going to manifest this season is shorts shorts are either going to have long inseams or really tiny inseams. yeah there's no yeah. like standard there's no like no. there's nothing like the j crew like right above the knee short thing is it's like over. it's over you're gonna it's catch quiet. me out here in my my shin length uh yan yan van ash shorts look i didn't i don't make the rules um <laughs> i had another vibe oh you know what it is vintage mountain bikes oh, obsessed wow. um Obviously, I had some. I was into mountain biking sort of in the '90s in like a really basic way, and then have long been obsessed with the Klein um, mountain bikes of the '90s that were painted in like uh, hyper neon like ombres, like full bike paint. So the whole, not just the frame, but the the handlebars and the stem wow. and everything's painted. They're beautiful. I recommend looking up vintage Klein mountain bikes. They're just like it's just like porn. And uh, I don't know. I'm thinking I I want like a 90s stump jumper. I think that I'll convert to like a single speed with like swoop back bar. I don't I don't really know what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm not a I don't really have the skills to do it. I'm gonna have to employ some of my bike nerd friends to help me build one out. But um, that's my like true obsession right now. Like eBay, Craigslist. I'm like full hunting down like the perfect 90s vintage mountain bike to to uh maybe i'll ride across the country on it i don't know see ya you guys got any more vibes finish us off so my last vibe is uh line sander which is this brand that's based i think she's based in belgium um but she's a textile collector um so am i and uh and she makes these beautiful quilted jackets out of like insane dead stock textiles um, and they have like frog closures and like mandarin collars and they're extremely cool. And I think the only way to get them is to email her, which of course, like that's my preferred way. Of that's the anything. best way to order anything. I never, you always got to just email the source. Thank you for being a part of episode number 54 of Corporate Lunch. Um, the the Giant or Tiny podcast, uh, the Choose Your Own Adventure lifestyle experience. Uh, We'll see you next time for episode 55. Keep grifting. Keep grifting.